I understand you've been talking about gratitude this month, so are you ready for that one more time? I was told the theme is gratitude. Uh, so let me start with, um, I'll tell you a little story. So there's this guy, and he just was kind of tired of the chaos and, and troubles of the world. So he decided, I'm going to go join a monastery become a monk. So he goes to the monastery, he finds the abbot, and he goes, hey, look, uh, I'd like to join your society here. And the abbot said, that, that's fine, you can do that. Uh, but I just need to let you know, you have to take a vow of silence to be a part of the monastery. The guy said, I can do that. Uh, he says, well, so every year, I'll call you in, you get two words every year. All right. So one year goes by, abbot calls him in, and he says, okay, you've been here for a year, what, what are your two words? And the man looks at the abbot and says, food bad. Abbot dismisses him, he goes back. Another whole year goes by. It's been silent. Abbot calls him back in, and he says, okay, you've been here for two years now. Uh, you have two words. What would you like to say? And the man said to the abbot, bed hard. Dismissed him, went back. He stays there for the third year. Abbot calls him back in. He goes, you've been here three years now. Um, how are things going? What would you like to say? You have two words. And he said, I quit. And the abbot said, well, I'm not surprised. You have done nothing but complain since you've been here. <laughs> so we want to talk about two things this morning. I want you to think about the problem of ingratitude in our lives. And then I want us to think about the power of gratitude and its potential in our lives. So I'd, I'd like you to, um, to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2. It'll be on the screen as well. So we'll talk about those two things, but at the end of the message, I'd like to ask you to do something. So uh, my tradition in my church um, at Grand Rapids International Fellowship is we stand for the reading of God's Word. So if you're able to do that this morning and would join me in that, uh, it's a brief verse. So this is what Paul wants to teach us. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And this is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God for his word, and you can be seated. So let's kind of just uh, take a moment, grab a hold of what uh, Paul's trying to teach us. So what he's saying is, okay, you need to live, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you need to learn to live without grumbling and petty arguments all the time. And if you allow the Lord to do the, a work in your life, uh, the evidence of that is that you'll become blameless and pure, you'll be without fault before God. Not only that, but uh, when those things happen, you'll begin to shine a light in a dark world. There'll be a contrast there. You'll become a witness to a warped and crooked world, and Lord knows we need that. But he said in order to do that, you're going to have to hang tight in this world to the word of life that we have in Jesus. So that's a contrast, because many of the people that live in our culture, they have the gift of finding fault like there's somehow a reward for it. Uh, that's where their focus is. So Paul warns us about becoming the kind of people, and it can just creep in on you, the kind of person that is trapped in this habit of grumbling and ingratitude. 
So you should try something. What if tomorrow you would just to say, okay, I'm going to have one day, no grumbling, no complaining, grumble-free. So my wife and I tried this. I knew I was going to be talking about this. I'm like, let's try it. Let's try it for the week. And it wasn't, a, not even the day had gone by and she started complaining about something. And I'm like, hey, you're complaining. She goes, I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to describe you. Um, so I'm like, okay, that is different. Um, so I, I did try to do this. And I'm going to tell you, it is stinking hard to do that. Um, it's harder than saying, wish to shower sauce. I've been practicing that because Thanksgiving coming up and I like it. I just don't know how to ask for it. It's so hard to ask for. I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to use that because I don't know how to say it. Can you say that? Worst. Yeah, you're as bad at it as I am. So uh, if you want some for Thanksgiving, you'll need to practice. However, I'll tell you this. Grumbling seems to be an easy language to learn. Uh, We've become very articulate in it. Uh, And the name of that language is ingratitude. And many people are pretty fluent in it. So I want us to talk, uh, to think about um, the problem of ingratitude for a few moments. So one of the, the most damaging, um, troubling aspects of ingratitude is that it does amazing damage to relationships. It's toxic to relationships. It is toxic to your relationship with God, and it is toxic in your relationship with other people. Because ingratitude kind of has this way, even if it's not verbally said, it has this way of of saying, you know, I don't really see you. I I don't see you as valuable. I I don't see what you've done for me. I I don't really recognize the contributions that you make. And it fosters within us this spirit of, you know, you kind of owe me. I, I deserve the things that you do and more. And then grumbling that sneaks in us can start to fuel ingratitude. And when you are stuck in ingratitude, you start focusing on the nitpicking negatives. Even to the point where you start to exaggerate the negatives to the expense of anything else. Now, now I will acknowledge grumbling is, is, is different than learning to handle conflict with, with grace and truth. Uh, learning to confront things with gentleness and respect. Uh, grumbling is different from that. In, in grumbling, if, if you want to ruin a friendship, if you want to damage a marriage, if you want to divide a family, then give in to grumbling. If you want to poison your workplace or a church or a college campus, then spread the toxin of ingratitude and grumbling. It's a human virus, highly contagious. It blossoms into ruined relationships. It spreads like an isolated, inducing pandemic. It's got a problem. It has tentacles. Now, ingratitude begins with our own lack of relationship with God. Ingratitude begins when, when we lack trust in God's goodness to us. So in Numbers 11, uh, you might know the story. It, it tells about the people of Israel who, you know, they've been delivered from slavery by God and they're guilty of grumbling. I mean, he's, it, Moses is at his wit's end about this. So instead of being grateful to God that, hey, uh, he delivered us after 400 years of oppression, 
and injustice and brutal slavery. And what are they doing after God delivers them? They're out in the desert going, I don't like the food here. The food was back, back in Egypt was a lot better. They're grumbling about the food. They have this proclivity. They're, they're prone to complain and forget the provider once they receive the gift. So in verse one of number up says this. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Ingratitude is dangerous in our lives and in our relationship with God. And this is why. The reason God is angry when he sees ingratitude welling up in us is it hurts us. It, it distorts and destroys our vision, our vision for life. Um, my mom's mom, uh, her name was Granny Clement. I grew up in Kentucky, so it was, you know, really hickey names that we used for each other. So she was Granny. Um, and she lived a, a tough life. Um, my grandfather died when um, she was younger and had all these kids at home. Not a lot of safety nets. She was the poorest person I've ever personally known, you know, in terms of her resources. But she was rich in wisdom and spiritual strength. So she would say things like, son, when you get your eyes focused on the things that God has done and what you're grateful for, it'll get harder and harder to see anything that you lack. She would say, I remember this, don't spoil what you have by looking at what you don't have. So she taught me that, you know what, I can, I can choose my focus, so can you. I, I can choose to look through the lens of gratitude and cultivate a vision of abundance in my life, or I can choose to look through the lens of ingratitude and culti cultivate a vision of a poverty in my life where it will never be enough no matter what I have. Ingratitude is dangerous. In fact, the scriptures say that it's sin in our lives. Paul writes this in Romans 12, verse 1, about the dangers of an ungrateful spirit. He said, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Ingratitude in our life is dangerous. It fuels within us a self-centeredness. It keeps us from thinking clearly. It darkens our hearts and it will rob you of joy. And what we need most in our lives is, is not the next level of achievement where we think we'll be happy. It's not the next level of accumulation. What we need most in our lives is the next level of appreciation, of gratitude. Because if you and I grow in our gifts, but don't grow in our gratitude, what in the world have we gained? So let's look for a moment at the power of gratitude, its potential in our lives. The power of gratitude has the ability, beyond what we often imagine, to be a huge blessing to other people and our community. It also has the power to change us, to do something transformative within us. So gratitude has the power to bless those around us. 
There is something about how we're wired, our human hearts, that we are wired to gravitate towards appreciation and gratitude. Uh, so students, uh, some of you are still under the uh, tutelage of your parents. Uh, you know, you, you still are on the family budget. Uh, I'm going to give you some advice that's really good advice. Even if your parents know this advice, that you've been getting this advice, it still works. If you want to make life easier with your parents, in fact, if you want to make life easier with some of your professors, if you want to make life easier with uh, the dean of students, if you'd like to hear more yeses, less noes, and have a, a healthy, good relationship with any of those folks, here's the secret. Learn to express gratitude to them. Say thanks. Give thanks for the things that they've done, for the contributions they've made in your life. So you can say to that professor, hey, you know that quiz that you just gave that so exposed my ignorance? Thank you, because now I know why I need to take your class. You could say to the administration and the staff around here, you know, I walk through this campus, I'm like, man, nice campus. You know why you have a nice campus? There's people that give their time and energies and talents to make sure you have a nice campus. Uh, there's people that are out talking to people about donations so that you can have scholarships and so that you can do things that maybe your tuition doesn't cover. Um, there are people that are working so that you can grow spiritually and mentally, intellectually, and, and socially. Uh, they're, they're creating a place where you can build friendships, and many of those fr friendships will last your whole life long. You, you have a place where you can explore your beliefs and deepen your faith in Jesus Christ and get rooted and grounded before you take your role in the world, and they are going to help you plan for your future. You ever say thank you? Thank you for doing that for us? Or your parents? Hey, I don't know what your parents are like, but for most of us, um, they paid for our clothes. They gave us shelter. Uh, it, you know, it costs a lot of money to raise you, and some of them are even helping you with your school bill. If you would just learn to say thank you for those things that you just take for granted, well, you kind of owe me, you're my parents, you're supposed to do this, right? If you would just say thank you for my clothes, thank you for the ability to be at a college. Thank you for all the stuff that you do for me and the money that it costs and the time that it costs to raise me. Express your gratitude to them. And I'm going to tell you, it will make those relationships better. There'll be a lot more yeses and a lot more positives and a lot less negatives and no's if you learn to say thank you. You ought to, you ought to, to make this your goal. You ought to strive to be like my grandchildren. They're amazing. No kidding. When we pull in their driveway... There's sometimes a sign on the door that welcomes us. They literally come running out the front door. Papa! We're like celebrities, VIPs, man. We, I mean, they jump in our arms. They have these little things they make for us and little gifts and things. And you know, there's always little... Because they do that, because they are so amazing, just from 11 to a newborn, and even the newborn, when we say something to her, she just smiles like, I love you, you are so amazing. Just that level of gratitude, that is why they get all the gifts and presents right there. So if you're a parent or if you're a professor, if you're an administrator, those folks are so used to be taken for granted that you can literally melt their hearts with gratitude. 
Because gratitude is the language of our hearts. It makes a difference. I'm going to pick on the guys for a minute because that's, that's the side I know best. Guys, if there's any of you out here that uh, are dating or you, you want to date someday or maybe someday, you're maybe not thinking about this right now, that you want to get married, if you want to have a great relationship in your marriage someday, you have the power to do that. All you have to do is get your act together and learn to express gratitude. Get onto your gratitude game and don't let anybody outdo you in gratitude. It makes a difference. Way to go, ladies. I'm getting support from the ladies this morning. That's good news. Here's why. And we know this intuitively when we receive it. Gratitude has the power to just bless us and lift us up and even motivate us when we experience someone's gratitude. So gratitude blesses others, but the other thing it does, it actually has an effect on you. When you express gratitude, it actually transforms you. It changes you. Gratitude has the power to turn what you have into enough and more than enough. You don't have to have the best of everything to make the best of everything. And by the way, those who make the best of everything, no matter what they have, their lot in life, those are the folks that experience more joy more often. So if you will water the seeds of joy with gratitude, you will find it growing and changing your life. And by the way, joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're going to decide to walk with God, you're going to have to learn to walk in gratitude. Deuteronomy 8, Moses is trying to teach the Israelites like faith 101. And so faith 101 is, hey, do not forget what the Lord has done for you. Verse 10, he says, so when you've eaten and you're satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the land he has given you is good. Learn to praise him. Moses is trying to train the children of Israel in the basics of faith because they need to learn to trust God as their provider and to be grateful and to acknowledge it. And so Moses is saying, learn to say thank you to God. Not just feel thank you, learn to say thank you to God. Learn to praise God. It's faith 101. And my question is, especially in our culture, and if you're here, I guess you're a part of the culture, why is it so stinking hard for us to express gratitude to God? Why is that something that just gets pushed aside after all that he has done for us? It just seems hard for us to do it. I mean, I'm assuming, just like me, you woke up today. Praise God. I woke up with a roof over my head and the heat was on. I have food in my house that's more than I really need. I have learned this in traveling in other places that I can praise the Lord when I take a glass and go to my refrigerator and I just push a button and get clean water or I can go to my faucet and get clean water. I should be praising the Lord for that every day. I had to decide what to wear today. Now, if that was it, that would be worth it for you and I to express gratitude for God right now. Just say, Lord, praise your name. Thank you for your goodness. You are my provider. You supply my needs. But Lord, there is so much more. Would you just say with me, there's more. There's more. 
there is more. Because I don't know about you, but for me, God has made a way for me through the valleys of my life. God has made a way through the storms and sustained me. Anybody? I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life where I realized I am lost. There was a time where sin had enslaved me and death was my destiny. But Lord, you didn't leave me lost. You didn't forget about me. You didn't cast me aside. In fact, he tells us that, hey, I left the 99 to come and find you so that you might be redeemed. So I can say this morning, thanks to the Lord, I never walk alone no matter where I'm at. I am a child of God, favored and blessed. He will never leave me nor forsake me. How in the world can I not be filled with gratitude? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you do, all that you've done, all that you are doing in my life. There is transforming power in expressing gratitude to God and to others. It checks our ego. It really gives us a good, humble, and correct perspective on our lives. And when we express gratitude, it just literally cultivates hope and joy in our lives. So here's what I want to ask you to do before we go. Pastor Terrence told me there was a really good lunch for $6 here. I am not going to miss that, so we'll, we'll end right here. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Why don't you just make a commitment that, hey, I'm going to grow up and graduate in gratitude. Gratitude for God, I'm going to speak it out. Gratitude for others, I'm going to say it, not just think it. I'm going to be grateful, and I'm going to encourage you to do this in this part of your lives, those of you who are students here, to be grateful even for the little things. Learn to be grateful for just the little things today. Because one day, here's what's going to happen. You're going to look back at those things that you think are little things today, and you're going to realize, oh, those were some of the big things. You just don't have the perspective to see that yet. And here's why, because learning that daily practice of gratitude, that's going to start to shape you, and it's going to shape your future, how you live, whether you're going to have a life filled with joy and hope and blessings or bereft of all those things. So let's just determine this morning that we're going to flip the scales here between grumbling and gratitude. You're going to gut the grumbling out of your life, and you're going to grow up in gratitude. You're going to be last place in grumbling, but first place in gratitude. You're not going to let anybody outdo you in gratitude. And since you're already working on a degree, why don't you just decide, I'm going to get my bachelor's degree in gratitude. I may graduate with something else, but I'm going to get my bachelor's in gratitude. And if you're going to do that, you might just go on and get your master's degree in gratitude. Paul can help you with that. He'll teach you. If you're going to go ahead and rise higher in your education and development and continuing education, well, then make sure that as a part of that, you get a PhD from Dr. Jesus in gratitude. Because you should, and I hope you do, trust him. And if you do, you know our God is good. If you do, you know He loves you.
He provides for you. He redeems you. You will never be forsaken by him. So you ought to thank the Lord. You know, there's something I just, I don't know why it's happening, but recently, in the past year or so, I have just, when we're singing something or somebody's saying something or somebody else is preaching in our church, I don't know what happened. I just started clapping. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. My wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm clapping. I'm just thanking the Lord. I'm just happy. I just wonder this morning, has God done something enough in your life? Has he provided something for you? Do you trust him at a level where man, there's just something that wells up with you? You just say, I want to thank him. Anybody? Anybody want to thank the Lord? Is he good? Has he helped you? Is he with you today? Then let him know about it. Give him gratitude. And let that gratitude that wells up within our spirit spread to your relationships. And you will be a blessing. And you'll make a difference. And it will make a difference in you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word in our lives. These words that have spoken to generation after generation and formed a people for your purpose. I trust that your word will bear fruit in us today. We know what the world's like. It will fuel within us every kind of discontent that is possible. It will make us whiny and shrink our spirit. But your spirit in us changes us. We become people of praise and thanksgiving and blessing. I trust, Father, that that will have deep roots here in this place among these students, this faculty, this university. Bless them today. Use their lives. Help them to be a light in this world to lift others up. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great day.